Hello, listeners. My name is Mark. If you have been enjoying the Listener Lore episodes, please come over to my separate podcast feed, Lorehammer Listener Lore. On this daily podcast channel, I will be reading one story a day and sharing your creative works with others and giving my feedback at the end. So, if you like Grimdark 40k short stories, come join me at Lorehammer Listener Lore, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Uh, welcome to Lorehammer. My name is Eric. Hey, I'm Mark. And joining us today is our faithful friend James. I'm here. You sure are, buddy. Not Get physically, break. of course, but no. in spirit. In spirit. Yeah. <laughs> Your okay. spirit looks awfully corporeal, James. <laughs> I've I can almost in the even arts touch it. <laughs> of astral projection. And Ooh. here I am. Nice. Traversing the planes. Yes. Well, there's no. It's not like physical distance when you're traversing the planes. Right. It's, it's a, a matter shift. of concentration. Fuck. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard you guys like were having like good ratings, so I'm here to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, not enough complaints lately, so mm, gotta get oh in my here. God. Help you out with that. Um, <laughs> well, today is uh, a bonus episode. Yeah, uh, we hosted a short story contest on our Discord right before Christmas, um, and it was Sanguinala themed. Um, if you are unaware of what Sanguinala is, it is the second most celebrated festival in the entire uh, Imperium. Yeah, and it's all about remembering Sanguinius's death and the sacrifice that he made uh, against the traitor Horus. Because let's all acknowledge that without that chink in the army that Sanguinius did, the emperor would have been slain. He would have never found it. So we honor Sanguinius this day. So we honor Sanguinius, and his name shall be remembered mm-hmm. throughout the ages. In his sacrifice. Know, that's right. We uh, love Sanguinius. Everything about Sanguinius we love. Especially that he's coming back. That's my favorite <laughs> Oh my god. I don't like that. Uh, but yeah, so the the little prompt was for them to write some short story in the midst of Sanguinala celebrations. Yeah. Whether they wrote like a scary one or a nice feeling one was all up to them. Yeah. Um, and then as long as it as long as when we did Control F, we found the word Sanguilla in the yeah. That's all we needed. That's really. all we looked yeah, for. That's yeah, all yeah. we looked for. <laughs> Someone literally just said Sanguinala once. Yeah, and, at the hey, end. It fits. P.S. Sanguinala. Sanguinala. <laughs> <laughs> it counts. It yeah. counts. Uh, checked our box. So how many stories we've got here? So today we're going to read uh, four stories. We're going to start with um, three that were actually tied for second place. Oh, really? At the end of our voting. Oh, wow. Yeah, so these are in no way better voted better than the other, but we are going to end with our... Um, winner. Nice. Okay. And it should be good. So let's read some short stories. Uh, the first one we're going to read is Red Angels. Who's doing that one? That's me. James. I got it. Yes. I'll, I'll start us off. <clears throat> High up on the balcony of a hab block, a young boy, Timmy, 
sat kicking his legs. He was just small enough to squeeze them through the railings. Maybe next year he'd have to change his tradition. But this year, on this dark night, he could enjoy the day before Sanguinelle like previous years. Through a bit different, though a bit different to previous years, the home felt emptier this year, and with good reason. His older brother had joined the guard like his father. Just like his father, he would... He was not back for Sanguinella, and his mother had promised. As his mother promised. Holy crap, sorry. It's been a while, hey? It's been a while since I've had to engage with other human beings, so... (laughs) (laughs) Being in the same room with them, it's making me nervous. (laughs) Sorry, he's getting plastered. Maybe he'll be back tomorrow, Timmy thought as he looked out into the countryside. Off in the distance was the soft flicker of a flame. Timmy could only imagine the number of candles needed to create such a glow, but every year he'd gaze at it from the balcony. There, a little way out of the, from the city, was the statue of the martyred sun, a small shrine to the fallen of the emperor's kin, the great savior of the imperium and the emperor of mankind in the darkest hours many years ago. As he looked out toward the candlelight, he only hoped, in his childish naivete, that his father or brother would be so brave or courageous and be so remembered. He hoped more that they would be home tomorrow to unwrap his gifts. Timarius! Can we yell from inside? It was the stern voice of his mother. She was angry. Coming, Mama, Timmy shouted back as he untangled his legs from the rails. Before going inside, he looked back again to the warm glow of the shrine. They were lighting a lot more candles this year. A thin veil of black smoke hung around the ceiling of the kitchen as he nervously walked in. His mother glared down at him with her arms crossed. Behind her, he, the cremated corpse of a sanguinella cake still sizzled. Hmm, delicious. I, <laughs> it's tradition, okay? <laughs> I thought I told you to wait for me to bake the cake, she snapped. Yes, Mama, I'm sorry. It's just his mother's features softened at the sound of her child's innocent voice. You were taking so long, and I didn't want to miss the lights, he finished hesitantly. With the sigh, his mother knelt down and ruffled his short curly hair with a smile. Well, at least no one got hurt. I got out just in time, she said. Timmy beamed a smile back at her. Now go to bed. We need to be up early for the ceremony tomorrow. Yes, Mama, Timmy replied joyfully before running off towards his room. It was a quiet that night. Timmy leaned over the side of his bed and looked to the empty bunk below. He missed his brother. Nothing had made that more obvious than this Sanguinilla's Eve. Before, they would tease each other, guessing what gift was beneath the candelabra. That's a pronunciation. I don't know. <laughs> Candelabra. Candelabra. Yeah. There we go. It's not even a fake word. <laughs> Candelabra. <laughs> Who knows? It's a country. Somewhere. All words Something are made up. <laughs> Fine. Holy crap, where am I now? Candelabra. I know, but he changed things. I changed nothing. <laughs> Whew. Okay. Okay. Before they would tease each other, guessing what gift was beneath the candelabra for them, and talk about the deeds of the emperor's angels, they heard from the priesthood. They were more than angels, though. They were warriors. They were heroes. Plated in adamantium and blessed by the emperor himself, he could hear the heavy footfalls of their march within his mind as he thought of them. Timmy sprang up out of bed. He wasn't imagining it. He could hear their heavy footfalls. The child jumped out of bed and ran through the house to the balcony. He squinted through the darkness. Under the street lamps, he caught a glimpse of one. They were magnificent, clad in red armor. 
the sons of Sanguinius themselves were here. Gasp! His <laughs> eyes were wide and heart pounding with excitement. Timmy ran to his mother's room and up to her bedside. Mama, mama, the emperor's angels are here. They're here. He squealed as he shook her to try and wake her. Oh, that's nice, dear. Now get back to sleep, she said with a yawn without opening her eyes. No, mama, they're here. They're really here to celebrate Sanguinilla with us all. His mother rolled over in her bed, ignoring him completely. With a huff, the boy sprinted back to his room. Hurriedly, he got dressed into his nicer clothes and slipped on the shiniest shoes he had. This was more than going to the cathedral, and so he was going to dress appropriately for the occasion. He stopped as he ran through the living room and looked under the candelabra. There sat four gifts, one for him, one for his brother, his father, and one for his mother. He paused. He didn't want to approach one of the Imperium's saviors without a gift, but he had nothing to offer but the presents he'd wrapped for his family. After a conflicted moment, he left empty-handed. Timmy got to the balcony and began to descend, the metal shuddering and clanging as he scurried down his, as quickly as, and carefully as he could. He jumped from the ladder onto the pavement and ran through the streets. Timidly, he peered around a corner. They were so much more intimidating up close. Their armor was brokely detailed with skulls and halos like no statue ever captured. If only his brother was here to see this, the emperor's angels standing right before him. Suddenly, the city's sirens began to wail. They screamed out to warn of danger. Fear gripped the boy, who was away from home. He needs safety and fast. Scared, tears pooled in the child's eyes as he worried. Then he realized he was close to the emperor's angels. They would protect him. Little Timmy darted from his hiding place behind the corner straight for the closest warrior. He raised his hands in the shape of the Aquila in praise and ran toward the giant as quickly as his legs would take him. It hadn't been seconds before the Emperor's Angel had acknowledged the young boy. Calmly and slowly, it raised his arm, pistol, bolt pistol drawn, click. With a spray of blood, of gore, pieces of the child littered the ground. <laughs> Sanguinala. <laughs> oh, that's a good story. You know it's gonna go that way the whole time too, and you're just waiting on the end of the see like oh, poor, poor no, Timmy, no. Poor Timmy. That was I didn't story. know it was going there. That was uh Red Angels really? written by Emma Sweet. Nice. Yeah, that Re- uh, really well done. I really like it. Yeah, it was I nice. love the one of my favorite parts in that is when he's like, I have to go see them, but I have to put on, like, my best clothes yeah. and, like, my best shoes. Yeah. I just – you always know that space marines are, like, revered, but how would that – how would you interpret that, right? Sure. Like, what does it mean? Do you, like, you clean the streets and you make sure all the houses are washed when you know, like, the space marines are coming through? But yeah. all this kid had, he just – it's like, I got to go look my best for the <laughs> angels. Why, why did they shoot him, though? I There's think, a traitor marine. Yeah, I think they're, oh, um, they're... night lords. Red? No, I don't no? think so. Red could have been Corn Berserker. Could be anything. Sure. Really. But they're red. Um, And they were bad. And they were traitors. Yeah. And I'll never That's forget. That's why the So they're not sirens... blood angels. That's why. No. Okay. Yeah. I'm putting it together. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole story is, place. you know, everything in 40K is supposed to be nice. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> Click. Chaos. <laughs> Bolter to the face. Yeah. Poor little Timmy. Poor little Timmy. Oh. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to <laughs> pick up our Christmas stories. Uh, huh. uh, okay, the next story that Kicking we're going to... Kicking it off with a... 
Bang. Bang. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Got him. Uh, the next story we're going to read is Pudding. Pudding. Who's reading that one? I will. A little Christmas pud. No Christmas a little bit of Christmas pud here. So this is called Pudding, and this is by Sam. Mortimer pressed himself against the dirt wall of his foxhole and thought of all the things he hated about this world. He hated the humanity which made the air so thick that it felt like he was swallowing rather than breathing. He hated the billions of insects that crawled and buzzed and got into everything and everywhere. He hated the huge worms that swam through the dirt looking for fresh corpses. He hated that his regiment was here because the workers that had revolted, not because of any chaos taint, but because they wanted better pay. Mortimer couldn't uh, even remember the last time he'd been paid. To cap it all off, he hated that he pulled out a scout duty. It was a shitty job at the best of times, but today was Sanguilla. Back in the main trench, the rest of the regiment would be getting special rations, which he'd been gleefully told included a considerable nip uh, of the local alcohol. Mm. Meanwhile, he sat in the muddy hole in no man's land, trying not to get his his head blown off or let insects crawl into his t- ears. I think ears. Ears. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Sanguilla. Mortimer nearly shat himself in surprise at the words. He fumbled his las gun into position, pointing it up and out of the foxhole. The voice had come uh, from the direction of the enemy, close enough for the speaker to be only a couple meters away. Who's there? He called. He didn't want to shoot his replacement. That'd mean a double shift out of here. <laughs> a double shift out here. Did you know Sangula? Asked the voice. It was, it was always my favorite day of the year. Are you from the 6th reg- Regiment? Mortimer asked. Identify yourself or I'll fucking kill you. You might not have made a big deal about where you're from. On this planet, it's custom to give gifts. Something bounced into the fox. (laughs) (laughs) Something bounced into my foxhole. For a bow-loosing moment, he thought he was going to be turned into a pulp by a grenade or food from the corpse worm. Wow. Turned into pulp by a grenade for food. Food for the corpse worms. Okay. Instead, what laid in the mud was a fruit was a small fruit pudding wrapped under uh, transparent plastic. The pudding had definitely come from the direction of enemy lines. He knew there was another foxhole just beyond his, but it had been empty when he checked it last night. He was sure it had been empty. Mortimer pinched his arm, thinking, thinking perhaps he had fallen asleep and that this was some weird dream. Despite the pain, the pudding remained where it had fallen. Cautiously, cautiously he reached down and picked it up, finger remaining on the trigger of his last gun. It definitely felt real in his hand. They sent me out to kill you, but I couldn't bring myself to ruin today with bloodshed. There's plenty of time for killing tomorrow. Mortimer shook his head in confusion. He had no idea what was going on. You're not from the 6th Regiment. The voice laughed. No, no, I'm not. We might be on opposite sides, but I believe that the God, I believe in the God Emperor as much as you. Mortimer pour, pulled the wrapping off the pudding, filling the thick air with a sickly sweet smell that made his stomach tumble, rumble. Uh, before he knew it, he shoved the whole thing into his mouth. It was dry. The fruit was hard as rock, and there was a uh, ascetic aftertaste, but it was the best thing he tasted in months. He dropped his now empty plastic to the ground. I should give you something in return, he said through his <laughs> through full mouth. mouth. There's no need. It's uh, just been nice to remember that we're all human despite our differences. 
I insist, said Mortimer as he unclipped a freight grenade from his belt and tossed it into the direction of the other foxhole. He ducked his head and covered his ears. The explosion spewed a fountain of mud and flesh that splattered down on him. He pulled up his feet as the bottom of the foxhole started to writhe as the corpse worms got to work. Happy fucking Sangrilla to you, Mortimer said. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good gift. <laughs> I, I like that story. That's nice too. Yeah. I, was I was waiting for one of them to be a grenade. I just didn't know which one <laughs> yeah, would be yeah. the oh, one yeah. to throw the grenade. <laughs> That's going to be grenades. <laughs> Someone has to die. It's 40K. Uh-huh. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Sam. That was Pudding by Sam. Thank you so much. I like mm. that one. That was good. Yeah. Uh, all right. So the next one, that the last one that tied for second place is Happy Sanguinala by Glockchin. And I'll read this one. Uh, if you want, I can read it, and then you can read the winner. I'm okay to do two in a row. Okay, that's fine, too. Yeah, Go I brought it. lots of water, oh, okay, so yeah. I'm prepared. Okay, enjoy your 500 words of reading. <laughs> Happy Sanguinella by Glockchen. There is a girl standing on a street corner in a busy merchant alley. Her hair and face are bright, almost bleached white by the rain, and so are the shoulders of the ragged dress that's clinging to her skinny frame. It's clear she does not belong here, between boutiques, banks, and exclusive delis, between men in tailored suits and women of the latest fashion. In her emaciated arms, she clasps a vendor's tray. Laid out on it are various pieces of papers, with prayers to and praises of the god-emperor of mankind. Usually, she would have chosen a spot close to the biggest cathedral on this level. But these last days, the place was full of administratum clerks, or even one or two Arbites. Too much risk to be noticed. Of course, she does not have a license of trade, nor any certificate for the origin of her prayer slips. And obviously, these are not legitimate prayer slips. On the other hand, she never claims they are, so in her opinion, she technically isn't lying. Still, she and the rest of the kids had agreed that the adults would think differently about this. They make the slips themselves, from scrounged pieces of paper, Fierro is the only one who can write, so they spend night after night sitting on a single stolen sitting around a single stolen candle stump from the chapel, watching him meticulously draw lines and loops of dark ink on the precious clean paper. They take turns reciting psalms and prayers for him to write down. It's their way to celebrate the time before Sanguinala. The girl shifts her weight. Her feet start hurting from standing around. Her shoulders are aching from the long climb this night. She is the youngest in the group, and the only one small enough to climb through the venting to the higher levels. The older girls have told her which levels to avoid, where to climb out, and how to choose a good spot. They also have told her not to trust well-dressed men with kind voices and greedy eyes, but they haven't told her why. It's been a slow day. The people around this part of the hive are less generous than the patrons of the big cathedral. At this rate, she will not sell enough to buy rations for all of them. She will have to climb up here tomorrow again. She sighs heavily at the thought. Then the sirens start. Rain. Damn it. The last thing she needs today. Dejectedly, she sets about putting the prayer slips onto a more or less rainproof satchel. She can feel the first drops prickling on her shoulders and neck and huddles over the last pieces to guard them from the corrosive water. Holding her tray over her head, she makes her way back to the vent with a broken gate to begin the long, painful climb down to level 52B. By the Emperor, how long have you poor thing been out here? 
She hasn't noticed the man approaching through the rain, but now he is standing right next to her, holding out his brigham big umbrella towards her. She eyes him suspiciously, ignoring the offered safeguard against the torrent. He's wearing a dark suit, a coat with a high collar and a white shirt, like most men up here. Nothing remarkable. At the collar of his shirt, there is a shiny brooch. His features are decisive, but currently mainly marked by concern. He notices her suspicious stare. I promise I won't harm you. Let me just get you an umbrella or a coat. Look at your arms. She doesn't have to look. She knows they must be red and blistered by now. Down in the warehouse, she will dry them and put on some of the machine grease they have found in an old maintenance closet. That will stop the burning. I need to get back, she answers and takes a step away. Are there more of you? Do you need food? The question stops her dead in her tracks. Yes, yes, they need food desperately. See, she imagines coming back to the others with enough food for more than one day, food that maybe even tastes like something. Two of the older girls have thick bellies with babies in them. They need it. She looks the man over once more. How can eyes look greedy anyways? She swallows hard and nods. The man smiles at her. Come, we'll get you out of the rain and buy some food together, shall we? She steps underneath the umbrella, and he leads her through the rain-covered streets. She notices there are fewer people here. In the end, they stand in a small, dark alley in front of a nondescript door. The man knocks. An old woman opens the door. You can't keep doing this, Gregory, at least not at this time of year. You are not my confessor. You know that I can afford it, and I assure you there will be no repercussions for you. The woman hesitates. The girl doesn't understand what they are talking about. Come on, have I ever caused trouble for you? It's Sanguinala, after all. Letters of indulgence are easy to come by at, and at the moment. She sighs and steps aside. Room four is free. You have two hours. You are a dear. The man ushers the girl inside. She is scared and doesn't know what to say. If you want food for the others, you just have to come upstairs with me. It's that easy. The door behind her is closed, and she knows she really needs to help the other kids. She swallows her fear and lets the man lead her up the dark, narrow staircase. A nondescript door in a dark alley of the upper hive opens, and out steps an unremarkable man of the upper hive. He turns around to the old woman and hands her an envelope. She opens it and reads. This is more than double the usual, she says after finishing. The man shrugs. Happy Sanguinala, I guess. I might also have made more of a mess than usual. A few days later, the other children are still waiting for the girl, when Fierro comes back to the camp. In his hands, he carries a satchel he has found in one of the waste disposals. They open it around the candle. It's full of prayer slips. Ah. Wow. Happy Sanguinala. Happy Sanguinala. Oh, my God. <laughs> Didn't like that one. <laughs> I'm feeling very festive. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> I mean that's Hive City life. That's Hive City not life. a good place. The the part that made me like shiver was uh, to begin the long painful climb down to level fifty two B. That's a lot of flights of stairs. <laughs> I'm sure you, she's, you she's assume not that she's, she's not taking, taking stairs. stairs. Yeah, she's, she's climbing through pipes. Ladder, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's slipping through cracks in the concrete or whatever, Whoa. and 
Maybe it's good that she was murdered and eaten. Oh, I hope that she was just murdered and eaten, yeah, and not knows? eaten and murdered. Who knows what actually happened? Um, <laughs> I, like it's written with such sinister, um, like yeah. tones. Yeah, yeah. That I was kind of wondering, like, oh, is it actually going to be an okay ending? Because it's very like leading. Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It doesn't like try to hide the fact that this man is going to do something, but I wondered if at the last moment he would actually. Mm. I can change it if you want. I'll rewrite this. No, story. it's fine. I've okay. already cried my tears for this <laughs> okay. little girl yeah, okay. and oh. all her friends. Oh man! Uh, thank you, Glockchen. That was stark reality of Sanguinala <laughs> in the Hive City. Ah, perfect for a little orphan girl with her friends, and she just wanted food for them. <laughs> Uh, okay. It's the greedy eyes. It's the. How can eyes even be greedy? Oh, they can, can be greedy. <laughs> Come here, little girl. Oh. That was how I should have read his voice. <laughs> no, it's better if he sounds like almost like suave and like a little like. That it's more creepy that way. Sure. If you had a creepy voice, then it's like, well, avoid the creepy dude. <laughs> but if he sounds normal, if he fa- sounds like just a guy you would see on the street. Mm-hmm. It, it could be just one of us that she's seen, you know? That, exactly. That's truly terrifying. Yeah, a red beard, <laughs> short red hair. Mm. Uh, it's enough to frighten any child. <laughs> <It's enough> to... <laughs> uh. So those were our three as voted um, in second place yeah. by our community. And now uh, we're going to read the actual winner. Of winner, winner, the chicken dinner. Yeah, and the winner is a cold night... In the Hive by Hugh. <clears throat> okay. Um, oh, this one's nice and short. Here we go. A cold night in the Hive. The explosion rent the sky above, its boom echoing along the alleyway. The harsh light lighting Guthrun's path through the alleyway, just like the blast that came before and those that will come after. But he paid no mind to what was going on the way he came only the way he was going. These back alleys were all riddled with ice, what snow landing there melted and refrozen by the hive's spotty heating, and a fresh layer of powder made it even harder to find solid footing. But to go by the main roads could take hours, hours he didn't have. He pressed onwards, clutching his package to his chest with one arm and using the other to steady himself against the wall. Another flash, another boom. He rounded a corner and saw a shape in the darkness, a darker patch among the dark patches, and for a moment he thought it was a stray dog hunting for scraps. But then it stood up. They looked lumpy, misshapen, like their skin was too big for them and hung off in sheets. In the sharp light of the next explosion, almost directly overhead this time, Guthrand saw it in person. A child, really. What he'd taken to be skin was a ragged old cloak, many sizes too large at the best of times, but from their gaunt face and bony hands, it was clearly not the best of times. Guthrand would have liked to turn back and find another path, or to try to hurry past them, but he didn't have the time to backtrack, and they were filling what little space of the alley wasn't taken up by bins, staring at him with faint but noticeable hostility, like he'd barged into their territory. Guthrand, chill sweat beating on his chill palms, reached into his own coat and wrapped his fingers around his knife. 
The tramping of feet came deafeningly loud now, drowning out the ongoing crackle of explosions with the almost rhythmic stomp, stomp, stomp of it. He was nearly there. Only a few more turns and he'd be out of these... He slipped. Right foot sliding into left on the ice. He goes down, one arm thrust out desperately, the other clutching his invaluable package, desperate tight to his chest. His outstretched hand laced deep into the snow, breaking his fall but making him gasp from the cold and the impact. Leaping back up and leaning against the wall, he gasped for breath, but only briefly. He didn't have the time to rest or check his cargo. He had to keep moving. Had to make up for lost time. Two more corners. One more. Only a dozen more strides from where he was, was the main street. From here, it looked like a window into a mad hell. Hordes of people rushing past in every direction. An endless bustle of meat and noise bathed in flickering reds and yellows. He stepped out onto the street proper, but had to nearly hurl himself backwards to avoid the Arbites, five armed and armored figures rushing by in a tight pack. The way relatively clear, Guthrind stepped out into the throng, doing his best to protect his parcel from the jostling crowds. On all sides, people of every size and several shapes moved, each fixed on their own lives, their own business, none paying attention to the slight, unassuming clerk clinging to a small box like his life depended on it, trying to shuffle between them. All at once, Guthrin emerged from the other side, almost falling again as he ended up on the empty stairs before the hab block. Fumbling into his pocket with half-numb fingers, he pulled out his keys and slid them into the door. Stepping inside, he saw one last burst of light in the sky and closed the door. Guthrund panted outside the door, trying to gather himself a little after the long flights of stairs. Smoothing the front of his coat a little and brushing some fresh fallen snow out of his hair, he took a deep breath and gripped the handle and pushed. Daddy! squealed Kathy, rushing forwards from the main room of their little apartment and hurling herself at him. He only just crouched in time to catch her in a one-armed hug, but he was cut off before he could return the greeting. You're late, G. Any later and you'd miss the parade. Angelia, Angelia, followed her words into the hall, leaning against the wall as another flare of red and gold light flooded the room from the next wave of fireworks, silhouetting her. It illuminated the close-cropped fuzz on the sides of her head like a halo of fire. By the throne, thought Guthrund, as he did every time he saw her. By the throne, she was beautiful. And a merry sanguinala to you, my love, he said, kissing her as he passed towards the kitchen, holding it just long enough for Kathy to make exaggerated gagging noises behind him. But I promise I had a good reason, because this is a special somebody's tenth sanguinala, and I wanted to make it, well, special. And with that, he put his slightly battered box on the table, and with a flourish, flipped open the lid. Inside lay a small cake, brown and tapering towards the center up its height, dotted with black spots of, the baker had assured him, real fruit. Angelia gasped at the sight, and then, noticing where a slice was missing, shot him a glare. What? he replied. They just looked so cold and hungry. I could not give them something. It wouldn't be in the... She cut him off with a snort. We can discuss your charity efforts later. But we gotta hurry downstairs. If we're quick, we can still fight a spot clear. We can still find a spot 
clear with a good view of the floats. Indeed, out in the street, lit by ropes of yet red and yellow lights, the first members of the parade were already matching, marching past, filling the air with carols. Not shrapnel. No, this is a good story. Oh, this is a good story. Yeah, a cold night in the hive. Oh, it's wow. a happy end, and he even gave some f- real fruit to an orphan. Oh, yeah, to a that's beautiful person on the streets. I do, however, worry that this guy doesn't know how to kiss women because kissing her as he passed towards the kitchen, holding it just long enough for Kathy to make exaggerated gagging noises. <laughs> I've kissed some women in my time. Never once have they gagged when I kissed. Oh, them. Kathy is his child. Shouldn't be kissing him that way. <laughs> He's not kissing. <laughs> Either way, I don't like it. <laughs> Happy Sanguilla. Uh, um, yeah, what a different um, Yeah, no grenades. Tone. No grenades. I was waiting for the grenade. Yeah, after all those three stories of death in the stories, you're just waiting for this one also. To... I, if I'm honest, I was expecting like an omnipositor to pop out of something and just like... <laughs> 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 yeah, just... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was expecting. It's, so the... You know the sound Yoshi makes when he... <laughs> that's what I always imagine the gene stealers. <laughs> as they... That's nice. That's a good sound. Um... Yeah, I mean, I like the the hive seems to be the place where you find the grimy aspects of human life, right? Sure. So it I totally makes sense to write from the hive. I mean, you get everything in there. You can find great things, you can find bad things, and yeah, you can find. It's really easy to set the scene too. Like instantly, as someone says "hive," I already know exactly. Yeah, I've already created the whole world. You know? No, for sure. Um, and all they have to say is like, "Hey, can you see the sky?" Then you're probably in a nice part of the hive. Yeah, like, yeah. But in like the corrosive water that was oh that was falling cool. in the last one. Yeah. And yeah, so there's yeah, cool. some really cool aspects of the hive city that you get to explore. So you would these like to be a no. hive. Remember? I don't want to live in 40k ever. Oh yeah, I'd rather just die. <laughs> Use my parts for whatever, but I don't want to. Well, be Servitor it. Eric, you're in luck. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's all I'm good for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was. This That's is a pretty nice. wholesome story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's nice compared to what we normally see in <laughs> 40k. So. Yeah. yeah. Thank you uh, for sharing it, Hugh, and obviously congratulations on winning our short story contest. Yeah, you will now for the next year hold our admiration and respect as your prize. That's right. The You get that title of the Sanguinella short story contest winner. 2020. 2020. Yeah. You yeah. better defend your title in 2021. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. If, uh, if you liked these stories, uh, if it's sparking some kind of literary creative juices Ooh. in your own head... Or if you just want to participate in our voting that we do, um, you guys should check out our Discord. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. We got a bunch of stuff going on there. And uh, in the new year, we plan on really amping up what we're doing on our Discord. Yeah. Uh, I think next week we're releasing kind of an episode of just kind of what we're hoping to accomplish here in uh, mm-hmm. the next year. And yeah. looking back at the year that we just had and stuff. So should be good. It uh, should be good. Go join our Discord because honestly, there's a lot of cool stuff happening on there. If you need a link, send us a message. Yeah, it uh it's a lot of community outreach and yeah. it's really kind of a great place to just hang out even so. yeah and meet like-minded people mm-hmm. you know yeah we, who all just care about 40k yeah 
and have no other friends in real life, so we just cling right. to the internet. Yeah. yeah, it's nice. It's nice. I like it there. <laughs> it's, it's warm. <laughs> it's safe. Um, any other thoughts? If not, I got a thought for the day. Uh, well, I can always share a thought with you, Mark. Sure. And that is, an empty mind is <laughs> a blessed shoot. mind. An, an empty, empty mind, mind is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> I don't know. I thought I could think of something, but I can't. So, what's what's your thought, Mark? Thought for the day. All hail the martyrs. On their blood is the Imperium founded. In their remembrance, do we honor ourselves? Something like that. Wow. Profound. Yeah. Profound. It really makes you think. Makes you think. About how I don't want to be a martyr. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm quite happy just being a podcaster. Right. Not, yeah, yeah. Not being a martyr. In so. fact, I think I spend the majority of my life avoiding scenarios <laughs> in which I could be turned into a martyr. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. To each their own. Yeah, I guess. I mean, if that's that's what you want to do, if that's how you want to live your life. <laughs> Coward. <laughs> yeah, wuss. <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone, happy holidays. Hope you guys had a good Christmas and stuff. Um, New Year's is coming up in a couple days. Hope you guys have a good New Year's. You guys got any cool New Year's plans? I'm going to ring in the New Year's uh, with a bell, ah. kiss, and hopefully someone slaps my ass. <laughs> I got you covered on the third Thanks, one. Thanks, bud. <laughs>